We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Mr. Deputy Editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're going to talk a lot about the game that's going to happen tomorrow. That's right. Broncos football is back starting uh, Friday evening against the Cardinals. And one of the storylines here tonight that uh, is kind of making the rounds and it's worth talking about is the state of that grass in the Cardinal Stadium. Tell people what the Sam Hill is going on. I wish we can queue up the video that Mike Liss has. He's already there uh, ahead of the game. It's all chewed up because the Cardinals have training camp at their stadium and not at a separate practice facility. And the Cardinals ownership, Michael Bidwell is apparently too cheap to replace it. Unlike Broncos owner, Rob Walton, who did that for one game last season, but outside the hash marks is green inside the hash marks is all Brown and just terrible. I've seen peewee fields look better than state farm field. If any Broncos player chat, I'm going to say this now, it's not hyperbolic. I'm not exaggerating. If any Broncos player so much as stubs their toe on that field, Sean Payton needs to go scorched effing earth. It's deplorable and an embarrassment to the NFL. Um, Yeah, cue it up, Scott. Cue it up. I mean, look, there's Walmart money, and then there's everybody else, right? (laughs) So, like, the Walton Penners can afford to drop half a mil on a single uh, game's worth of – so here's what what Zach's talking about. Scott's going to make it, uh, if he can, big screen it. Like, make it all the way on your screen. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. So you think a whole season's been played there already? They haven't this, even started preseason. This is courtesy of Nine News Mike Cliss Twitter account. So thank you, Mike, for uh, letting us use this. But uh, this is this is uh, a concern, dude. As um, Walter would say on the Big Lebowski, this is a concern, dude. Well, it's a bigger concern because Marlon Mack, the running back who played for the Broncos last year, a few days ago, tore his Achilles on that very field after slipping. So Sean Payton doesn't seem like it's an overly big deal. He said they'll come out and test the field. If they need to change equipment or shoes, they'll do that. But it is a definite concern. For me, I'm excited for the game, obviously. But the sooner this is over, the better. They need to get in and get out healthy. Hey, uh, guys, lots to get to, including some supers. We're going to get to you right away. But first, really quick, 
I'm trying to get back into the habit of this, Zach. This was our way for a couple of years and for a while, just kind of been out of the habit of it. So I just want to remind everybody right now, please make sure you like the video. You want to help us out. We love you being in the chat. We love you participating in the convo. I mean, the supers and the, and the stars, you guys um, support the show and MHH. I mean, it's unbelievable, but please make sure you like the video. It's a small thing you can do to help us out in a big, bad way. And you like this hat? You like that hat that Zach's got on? Go to MHHmerch.com. Choose one that suits your fancy. All right, Zach. Let's uh, let's get into um, this super chat from a bona fide superstar himself, the Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods. David McElrath, what's good, brother? Thank you for the super Thank jumping you, in uh, over an hour before we actually hit the old go live. So that's a that's a ride or die cat for you. Thank you, bud. He's saying good evening to everybody. And then, of course, this is customary now from David. Twelve and five. Hashtag Buckham times three, MHH for life, Denver Box for life. Thank you, brother. Really, really appreciate you. And your profile pic, still one of our faves with the Buckham t-shirt. Get them at MHHmerch.com. Sam Bam also jumping in before we went live. Appreciate you, you, Sam. So good to see you tonight. He says, good evening, everyone. Ready to do up the podcast while watching some preseason football. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Go Broncos. That's right, Zach. There are two games tonight. Uh, being played and i mean it football's back it feels feels good yeah i saw the uh highlight of the patriots game i think it was uh taekwon thornton making a pretty nice catch from bailey zap so it's nice to have football but we're definitely appreciative that you guys are here with us talking broncos in preparation of their football game tomorrow night uh on the subject of this uh the field the other day real quick sean payton um, on the subject of the of the field, sorry, I was a little distracted reading a comment. We learned that um, Coach Payton is looking to maybe add to a already well-respected staff with a former NFL star. And I know you're going to be writing about it, but yeah. uh, tell everybody what's going on. And then Scott's got a little clip. We'll do a little illustration on this. Broncos fans should recognize the name. Jared Allen, former Vikings um, superstar pass rusher. The and Broncos – Yes, as well as the Chiefs. Yeah, they were going to sign, and the Broncos were interested before they signed Demarcus Ware um, a yep. few years a few years back. Now, several years back, actually, he's going to be a guest coach, according to Sean Payton. He came in yesterday as an instructor, worked with the outside linebackers, the edge rushers, and just giving some advice and um, his knowledge of the game. As Sean Payton put it, though, he hasn't jumped into the deep end. He's dipping his toe into the water. He'll be there for a few times throughout the season, but more more hands on deck is always better. And him, uh, in conjunction with Jamar Kane, the Broncos' pass rush specialist who they hired, uh, I think it's a. He's it's kind a of move. one of his guest coaches. You know, he's in for a few days throughout the season, um, helping us with pass rush. You know, he's kind of put. I told him he's putting his toe in the water with coaching right now. He hadn't jumped in the cold pool yet a little bit we had some tough games george of course did minnesota and we played against those guys a lot and then over the years got to know him really well and uh and so his name came up in the off season and he was interested we spoke a number of times he came in during the the uh spring and then we'll have him kind of on a, a schedule here it will be interesting to see i mean the the Demarcus Ware parallels are um, for real because I do recall that in 2014. In fact, it really seemed like Allen was going to become a Bronco, yep. and then out of the blue, at a kind of awkward 
the timing of it was somewhat awkward as far as the uh, free agency schedule and the way things kind of pan out when, when the new league year opens up. Dallas cut DeMarcus Ware. And then all of a sudden it just changed. Like, And look, there was no taking away from Jared Allen the level of pass rusher that he was uh, in his prime. But the reason the Broncos decided to throw some money at DeMarcus Ware was his intangibles, that leadership, what he could do in the locker room. And without DeMarcus Ware, you don't get, in my opinion, the career turnaround of Von Miller that goes on to really be that tip of the spear and winning another Super Bowl. So you've got that parallel. And the other parallel being, besides the fact that they're, they were both once prolific pass rushers, Zach, uh, part-time big toe-in-the-water position coaches for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and it's important that they kind of um, key in on the young talent. You have a lot of building blocks potentially in that edge rushing unit. Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning. You're still trying to get the most out of Randy Gregory. You sign Frank Clark. This is, as VJ said the other day, the deepest group he's been a part of and definitely a strength of the team. And if you can bring in a certifiable legendary edge rusher like Jared Allen, I'm all for it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it all helps. It all can help. I like so far, though, the impact that Jamar Kane is making, specifically with Nick Benito, of course, but also Jonathan Cooper, man. Like, I'm really encouraged by it. I'm not jumping to conclusions yet. I'm not like going out on a limb because been doing this a long time and i've seen big stars in training camp just completely like fail to launch in the preseason and by the time you get to the regular season you can't even remember that they were quote unquote a star of training camp so i'm really hoping though that this time around jonathan cooper and nick benito are able to uh convert that momentum they have in camp to the games and really show some production and I mean, Vance Joseph, this is the best room I've had from one to six at the edge rusher position in many years. Uh, Andrew Lampy saying, would it, uh, how huge would it be if both Cooper and Benito ball out this year? Sounds like both are standing out. 
And Troy, hang tight, bro. We're coming right back to you. That was a natural segue. Hang tight. Uh, it would be great. It would be phenomenal just because I like Randy Gregory a lot. I think when he's on the field for you, Zach, you get production. He's a dog. He's got that mentality. Um, but you can't really count on that if the best predictor of the future is the past. Meanwhile, Frank Clark, he's a grinder. He'll hold up like he's a war of attrition type of guy where he kind of ends up coming out on top through the law of averages. But he's not a guy that you really see, you know, making these huge, you know, uh, highlight reel, big impact the game type moments. Not to say that he hasn't had it, but let's let's face it. He's not like Vaughn Miller. He's a uh, stack those reps and then eventually I get my guy. So having two young dudes that can supplement that. I mean, even the Broncos, that ferocious 2015 Super Bowl 50 pass for Zach, where Miller supplemented by Shaquille Barrett and Shane Ray pre-injury. So could come in handy. Yeah, the NASCAR packages should be fire this season under VJ. That's one area of the defense I'm not concerned with. If one of Cooper or Benito would ball out, that would be huge. Andrew, if both balled out, that would be extraordinary for the Broncos defense. If Randy Gregory stays healthy, you're guaranteed. Talk about production. You are guaranteed to get sacks, turnovers, general chaos. That's just what he brings to the table. Baron Browning, when he's healthy and off PUP, we saw what he's capable of as a starter. That's another edge rusher. Zach Allen can rush the passer as well in that front seven. You have so many like I said, building blocks, so many foundational pieces that you can do a lot with, you can move around. I'm so pumped to see what the pressure packages look like in Denver this season. Troy, what's good, brother? The Fawn Donkey in the house, as his Twitter handle uh, reads. Appreciate you, big dog. He says, hey, guys, we'll listen later. Hoping for a smooth offense and a smothering defense tomorrow. Have a great show. Let's talk a little uh, about this. Actually, one one more super, and then we'll get into uh, – what a, the, the main topic for tonight as far as things that we're going to be paying close attention to Friday night's game and kind of homework litmus tests Broncos fans can do to, to uh, answer some of their, their questions here on the 2023 squad. But first, the Duchess, really quick. Thank love you. you. Appreciate you so much, Michaela. She says, the state of the field, maybe that's why Murray tore his ACL, Zach. Maybe, but I also know that field, the stadium was used for um, – the Super Bowl this past February and a lot of Eagles players came out and said that's the reason they lost and they were knocking the field at first I thought it was sour grapes and they're kind of reaching to look for an excuse but the more I've seen it up close now in, in preparation for the Broncos matchup the more I think they're telling the truth there is no reason why an NFL stadium's field should look like that on August 10th before one preseason snap has yet to be played indeed Love you so much. Hope you're doing well, Michaela. Excited, excited to uh, cover this season with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Zach, much ado has there been about can Sean Payton resurrect Russ? Sean Payton himself has said he does not subscribe to the notion that Russ has hit a wall uh, and that it was a um, confluence of either gross negligence or incompetence or combination of them uh, that really explains what happened last year with Russ. But bringing it kind of more to the present, starting off the training camp period, Russ kind of uh, in inconsistent, not the greatest um, buzz and takeaways coming out of camp, what we learned from Luke Patterson being in there every day and everything. Um, and then the last week or so, I'll just kind of leave it in that window, he's been stacking days. 
So we know he's going to play Friday night. What do you want to see from Russ and whatever, you know, modicum of snaps he gets to continue to keep you feeling that encouragement that Sean Payton's onto something. This is everything going to be okay. Number one, as we've talked about with the stadium, no injuries. That is the number one priority for Russ and every single Broncos player who takes the field tomorrow. But on a more micro level, I'm going to echo something that Sean Payton said. I wrote about it earlier. It's up on the website if you guys want to read it. Uh, he said, "What are?" he was asked what his expectations are, his hopes are for Russ in game one. And he basically answered with, move the ball and put yourself in a position to score. So just run the operation as it should be run. Be efficient, be quick in the huddle, commanding, take control of the offense and execute your passes. Get your timing down, get your running game going and just look overall like a better quarterback than you did last year. If they can have, because they're going to play 15 to 18 snaps, according to Sean Payton. If they can have one long sustained touchdown drive led by Russell Wilson or catalyzed by him, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah, I want to see, I I echo everything you just said, and to drill a little deeper on a couple of the points you made, I really want to see Russ on third down making vintage Russ-type plays and decisions. Again, one of the things, like when I get hit up to do podcast appearances for other teams or NFL-wide shows or fantasy radio hits or whatever, um, I talk about how, you know, in my mind's eye, when I thought about, when I think about Russell Wilson, the Seahawk, one of the things that comes to mind was almost like this otherworldly stinginess to never to never give up the ghost in the critical situations, and that includes third down. Find a way, make a way, he shall. And uh, didn't always come out on top, as we know. I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles in football, but that poise and that presence of mind and just that iron will to keep the, the drive alive, etc., was nowhere to be found seemingly last year. And I think a big reason for that was just simply a lack of coaching emphasis. Despite his 10 years as a, as a pro, despite all that experience of the, the live bullet experience that Russell Wilson uh, accumulated, a lot of that can go by the wayside if the coaching in the moment is not emphasizing the right things and if the scheme is not sound and all that stuff. Now that Peyton's here, I think he's bringing him back to to neutral, so to speak. And a good indicator of that was not only how each day after practice when training camp opened, we know that Sean Payton would go into the film room with Russ and the position coaches and they'd break down, you know, whatever points of emphasis that Peyton wants him to improve on. And every day he would show improvement in those areas. So I want to see that converted to the games themselves. And like you said, if you can get out there on a single possession, lead a touchdown drive, pull them off the field, mission accomplished. Thank you very much. We're on the right track. But I want to see that poise. I want to see that that crossroads, Zach, where poise in critical moments, third down, red zone, et cetera, uh, meets production. All right. Production based biz. Absolutely. Yeah. I echo that as well. And even if they don't get a touchdown necessarily on one or two drives, if they're moving the ball, if they look like they're more confident, especially Russ, his confidence was non-existent last year for a variety of reasons. Number one being coaching. If he could just show he's in command and he's turning over a new leaf or even morphing back into that Seattle rush, which, which we've seen in practice the last couple of days, I'll take that. Definitely. Mike. The Ronk is in the house. What's up, brother? Great to see you. Appreciate your support. As always, big dog. 
Uh, we also have Scott jumping in. Appreciate you as well, my friend. It's been cool to get to know you a little bit in the chats lately. He says, stoked for the season to start. Love listening to you guys. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate you, bud. Um, and then I'm going to grab this from, from Chris because you know what? He's uh, importuning his priests, and we're going to answer. All right? He says, what's up, priests? Are you ready for some football? Yes. Do you think the first team scores tomorrow on offense? Uh, MHH for life, Buck. Appreciate it, Chris. Zach, do they score, and what kind of scoring do you anticipate? What's your prediction? I just said, even if they don't get a touchdown, if they get a field goal and they move the ball, I'd be satisfied. I just, I think they will score. I just don't want Broncos fans to flip out if they don't have an opening drive touchdown or if they have an incomplete pass or something looks like it's a negative. This is still very much a work in progress. It's going to take more than 18 preseason snaps for Russ and the offense to get cooking. But ultimately, yeah, I think they're going to emerge from one of their two possessions with at least three points. And if they can move the ball, complete big plays, and just look generally like a cleaner operation, I'm satisfied. Zeus McPeak in the house, the first face etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore. Here Thank he is too. representing, supporting the cause. Great to see you, Zeus. One day indeed, brother. One day. It's going to be so fun. And while we're at it, that just triggered something. I'm like, I got to make this announcement, make sure everybody knows the score. So Zach and I, as you guys know, when it's the season, we're going to do gut reaction 100 times out of 100. If this preseason, it'll be a little bit hit and miss depending on where the games fall. Friday, we're not doing the gut reaction. I might make an appearance. Zach might make an appearance. But what's going to happen is Dove Valley Deep Divers, instead of going uh, you know, at their customary 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern time, they're going to wait till uh, the game and like start doing a little bit of a watch along about halfway through, and then they're going to do the gut reaction tomorrow night. So just FYI on that, it's going to be a gas. Hope to see as many of you in that chat as possible. And Zeus, love you, big dog. Want to grab this one real quick, Zach, uh, because we always try to get at least one Twitch. And Savage Boy Kev, it's where he likes to watch the show. So Kev, appreciate you, bud. He wants to know, can we talk about the false narrative of Sean Payton being a product of Drew Brees? You know, that definitely, if it is a narrative, is a false one. I've not heard it except for this particular uh, question. Have you heard of this being a pervasive? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply take opinion out there because i haven't it's obviously not true i've heard of the reverse breeze being a product of sean payton and it's funny kev that you brought this up if i could read to y'all something i saw on twitter this is a rumor uh, reportedly some e executives around the league are doubting the impact that sean payton will have on the broncos this season 
all quote, by the way, many believe that Sean Payton was more so a product of Hall of Fame uh, quarterback Drew Brees and stacked rosters rather than him being an elite coach. Many are also questioning how Russell Wilson's cornball personality will clash with Payton's no-nonsense attitude. And it's funny, I responded in in kind by saying it's like people forget the body of work that Sean Payton had in New Orleans. He turned Drew Brees, if y'all remember. Drew Brees was an above-average or good quarterback for San Diego back then. The Chargers. Fr- fr- Fringe pro bowler. That's how I yeah. like to say it. He, he wasn't a superstar. He was good. He, he's, you know, competent. But Sean Payton made him from good into a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, and Super Bowl champion. Sean Payton also won games with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, two former Broncos quarterbacks on that list. But all of a sudden, he's going to fail with Russell Wilson, who's three years removed from a 4,000-yard campaign in Seattle. I don't really care what many think. I know what I feel about these same many, that they're going to be eating a fat, steaming pile of crow this fall, and I'll be laughing my ass off the entire time. For what it's worth, Drew Brees was a little bit of a cornball too. All right. He's kind of a cheese dog when he got on camera, when he got on the microphone. So for what it's worth, he never was, uh, found himself in a situation thanks to probably his coach and the culture around the saints where, uh, he was allowed to really fall or fail too hard and become a national lampoon in the same sense that Russ did. But Scott brings up a point that you hear all the time, only one super bowl that Peyton could win with Drew Brees. And, um, I hear you. That's not quite the same thing, though, as as Peyton being a product of Drew Brees. So there's that to me, that's a different criticism. Uh, but Drew Brees, hey, you you did a good job of just kind of bringing up the caliber of Q he was before Sean got his mitts on him. But also, we cannot discount the absolute state of disarray, the dumpster fire that the Saints were when Sean right. Peyton got that job, and also coming out of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, on top of that, so it was like every p- p- like possible pitfall the football gods laid before Sean Payton when he took that job. All right, and even the quarterback he ended up uh, signing, right, going out there and getting Drew as a free agent, that was fraught with some peril because there was no sure thing that that shoulder was going to hold up. I've read Drew Brees' biography a long time before Sean Payton ever even came up on the Broncos' radar, and. Um, even he would tell you he was certain that, hey, you know, like I'm going to find a way, make or make a way. But the NFL was very skeptical that he could come back from that. And uh, Sean Payton threw in with him and brought him to basically from being a, a fringe Pro Bowl caliber quarterback who kind of maybe you could say outkicked his coverage a little bit, was punching slightly above his weight relative to his early second round draft pedigree and turned him into a Hall of Famer. Drew Brees will be a first first ballot Hall of Famer. And like you said, if you didn't have the either the you could call it the post Brees or the you know the instances where Brees would be injured and shut whatever quarterback Sean Payton penciled into that lineup, if you didn't have the production from those guys, you, there might be a little bit more of an argument to be made here that Kev is talking about. 
Because that's the type of culture builder that Sean Payton is. And we're already starting to see that pay dividends in Denver. It's it's all work and not much play. And that's how it needs to be. You know, in, in terms of calling Russ a cornball, I, I really could care less or couldn't care less. I It's kind of a thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I got you. I couldn't care less how his personality is off the field. If he's a robot, if he's corny, if he's delivering moon balls, like the 47 yard rope that he dropped to Jerry Judy in in Saturday's practice for the game winner. I'm good with that. If you can have a, a, a situation like yesterday where Chad, he did not have a single incompletion in the team portion of Broncos practice. That is the Russ I care about. He can be whoever he wants. He can be as robotic or as lame as people think can imagine him to be. But if he's producing and the Broncos are winning, I'm a happy, happy boy. Let's also put into perspective, thank you, Mr. Producer, Archie Manning, legendary father. (laughs) All right, could have been a legendary quarterback, but he found himself a uh, New Orleans Saint. 35, here's his record as a starter in, in New Orleans. 35 and 91 and three 35 wins to 91 career losses three ties keep in mind also zach this perspective before sean payton the history of the new orleans saints you had a total of six winning seasons with sean payton alone he produced nine so let's uh let's let's keep that in perspective uh sean payton is a new orleans saints legend unto himself mark mcdonald dude what's up brother he got his jersey, the, the Facebook winner of the July jersey raffle. He says, my, my jersey was delivered today. Selfie to come tomorrow. Go Broncos and buck them. Really cool to hear, buddy. Uh, really cool to hear. We'll look forward to seeing that. Thank you for the stars and support, as always, big dog. All right, there was one um, I missed. Oh, right here. Phil, what's going on, bro? Good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. Really great watching football again. Hashtag Buckham Go Broncos MHH for life. Love it, dude. Thank you so much, Phil. We really appreciate just how consistent you are showing up every night, participating in the conversation, throwing down stars like it. Don't don't think we ever take that for granted for you or anyone else. So many of you. We really appreciate you. Yeah, we talked about Jared Allen being a Vikings legend. We talked about Sean Payton being a Saints legend. Well, Phil, you're an MHH podcast legend in your own right. So we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. Church. Absolutely true. Uh, okay. All right. Let's talk. Let's let's move the needle a little bit here to Sam Bam, who's jumping in with a second super chat tonight. Sure, Bro, thank you. I think the Broncos, he says, are going to be noticeably polished, he puts in quotes, and buttoned up tomorrow night. Though it's preseason, Sean Payton's going to crack the whip if he's seen problems and mistakes, I feel. Go Broncos. It is going to be really interesting just to see that that vibe, that contrast in vibe from the sideline, how the team functions on and off the field, correct personnel, et cetera, et cetera, decisions, managing the clock, all those things from an actual competent head coach who's been doing this a long, long time, Zach. Yeah, I mean, he is going to ride them hard if they have mistakes or if they lose tomorrow's game, and he should – It's a little bit different than Nathaniel Hackett. I imagine when they showed up to work Monday after a loss, 
Hackett's punishment was not giving them chocolate ice cream, only vanilla ice cream. It's going to be much different under Sean Payton, who is going to chew them out if necessary. He's going to get on them when he has to, and that's how you build a winner. You have to callous them a little bit in order to build up that stamina for the entire season. Well said. Well said. Um, Yeah, this is uh, – Scott's just referring to something here. To piggyback a little, or to to reverse, sorry, um, a little bit. This was something that the Broncos for Breakfast dudes uh, talked about this morning, and that is the fact that if you cast your mind's eye back to summer of 2022 and into the early stages of the season two, when Russell Wilson would reference his head coach publicly, was it Coach Hackett? Once in a while. More often than not, it was Nate. Call him Nate. All right? You're hearing straight Coach Payton now. Every time at the podium, when Russ has spoken, I think it's four times now total since the Broncos hired Sean Payton as far as Broncos PR organized Russ at the podium. What do you – what are the implications of that, Zach? This is my own opinion. I think he respects Sean Payton as a coach – more than he respected Hackett as a coach because Sean Payton has earned that respect by accomplishing all that is to be, to be accomplished in the NFL. And he knows that Sean Payton's all business. He knows he can't get away with the same dalliances as he had last year with the private offices and the honorage. That all ended the moment Sean Payton put pen to paper. And if you watch Russ in his press conference, he's – He's Russ, but he's focused. You can tell he's intent on being a better quarterback. He also looks great, Chad. I was watching his uh, presser on YouTube the other night and uh, definitely slimmed down. He was in the 220s, I think, last year, and I read a tidbit from Albert Breer of SI who said he's now around 213, and you can tell that 12 or so pounds has come off of him, and he just looks and I think feels better and I think will play better as a result. Robert Otteson, what's good, bro? Thank you for the super chat. He says, I hear my boy, Cortland Sutton, is balling out. Hashtag MHH. Thank you, bud. Uh, Yes, he is. He has been um, really, really good, especially this last week. Again, the offense, just like it always goes. I mean, this this is the way the cookie crumbles. With the exception of maybe – I'm trying to remember back to 2012, Peyton's first year here, uh, Peyton Manning. If, if it played out this way, but the, you know, when there's a new offense being installed, a new quarterback or a new offense, often Zach, it's the defense getting the best of them early on. And then if that offense ends up being worth its salt, it starts getting its licks in right. Balancing those scales. And that's how this training camp played out. You know, the install, the buffering period for the offense, you know, juggling a lot of stuff defense, even though it's a new coordinator, there is some newness to it still mostly carrying over. That's one thing Vance Joseph really wanted to emphasize. And so it's really encouraging to see that offense under Sean Payton and and Russ start getting its licks in as time marches on into the training camp. And Cortland Sutton is one of those guys who all of a sudden, as his quarterback, Zach, and his offense starts clicking, so does he. And he's making the most of his opportunities, like some huge, huge plays the last couple practices. 
yeah, I mean, Peyton was asked about, you know, Russ's good days and how the offense looked, and he said it's the ebb and the flow of training camp. The defense looks good, then the offense looks good, and usually the defense is uh, ahead in the installation process. If you don't take it from us, because we've been saying that for the last couple weeks now, take it from Sean Peyton, who knows a thing or two. In terms of Cortland Sutton, we talked about Russ's physique, but holy sh is Cortland Sutton jacked. I mean, he looks like a freaking linebacker. His arms look massive. He's cut. He's in great shape. He's the 2019 Cortland Sutton. And that was demonstrated yesterday when Russ did not have a single incomplete pass. One of the completions was uh, on PS2 in PS2's coverage. Cortland Sutton got the better of him. Russ delivered the ball perfectly. This is the best coaching quarterback combination Sutton has had as a pro. And if he can make the Pro Bowl with Joe Flacco as his quarterback, I cannot wait to see what he can do in a Sean Payton system. Joe Flacco, uh, Brandon, Brandon Allen, and Drew Locke, a who's who of big baller uh, quarterbacks, as we know. I mean, we're talking about mile-high Joe. Remember that meme? He created that himself for what it's worth. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though, 2019, vintage. And that's one thing Sean Payton talked about, too, very recently, that, you know, when when you get here, you look at the subject of Cortland Sutton, you immediately you are seeing that 2019 tape, and you're going, my goodness, this is what you call an impact player. And then, of course, the injury and kind of how he's failed to launch back to that same level uh, since, but that it's about stacking days, it's about getting better in the scheme, it's about – and you're seeing things begin to coalesce, not just for the individuals. I mean, it's great seeing Sutton. It's great seeing Russ, all that stuff. But, like, the unit is coming together. And that's what you really are going to need for this offense to uh, fully cast off and exercise, Zach, all those bunk demons of yesteryear and really start creating some new history. Uh, Mike, what's going on? Michael Davis in the house. Appreciate you, buddy. He says, you, aloha, priests. Keep up your prayers for our uh, – I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Laihana Ohana on Maui. We're devastated. I'm most interested to confirm the reports on our pass rush. Zach, um, let's talk about the – we'll definitely keep the prayers up. Most yeah, definitely, my friend. But, uh, uh, talk about the pass rush. It's looked amazing. It's It's gotten the better of the offensive line almost every single training camp practice. And – It'd be one thing if it was like Randy Gregory getting pressure or Zach Allen, who's been beastly, or uh, Frank Clark, who's practiced you know, on a, on a hit-and-miss basis. But it's the likes of Jonathan Cooper, a former seventh-round pick and a backup. The likes of Nick Benito, who did nothing as a rookie, and people were already using the B-word, bust, when it came to him. They have been two of the biggest standouts of any player in training camp. And again, if you put those two in conjunction with Clark, with Gregory, with Allen, with Baron Browning, DJ Jones, even up the middle, kind of collapsing the pocket. They are going to get a F ton of sacks this season. I would not be surprised, Chad, if they finish top three. I'm hoping maybe that would be so cool. So cool. But by the way, they definitely need everybody's prayers in, in, I don't want, I didn't want to gloss past this. What's going on. Um, on Maui with those wildfires already 36 dead uh, from the wildfires. And then that doesn't count, of course, the hundreds of families that have been uh, displaced. So they need our prayers uh, for sure. Got so you. thank you for uh, that reminder, Mike, and uh, thoughts and prayers with you, my dog. Um, oh boy, the Josh Meister in the house. What's up, bro? Thank you. Been a minute. 
been a minute. He says, oi, oi, priests. It's that time again. The season is upon us. What do you guys expect to see in the first preseason game from our starters? So in case you missed it earlier, um, Michael Davis is updating, by the way, 53 now dead. Dang it. Sorry to hear that, man. Uh, in Maui. Starters are going to get 15 to 18 snaps if all goes according to plan, according to Coach Payton. So, Zach, let's give Josh a little bit of specificity here. What do you expect to see, say, from the offense in general? Like, is it going to be just run the offense? Do you think they're going to try and kind of lean on the running game more to just see how that's coming together? What what do you what do you expect to see um, tomorrow night? Well, they haven't really game planned for the Cardinals. They don't really do that in preseason. I think they're going to kind of just throw out some of their concepts and see what works and see what doesn't. They surely are going to run the ball. I don't know if I want Javante Williams playing on that field in his first game back after knee surgery, but you have, you know, Jaleel McLaughlin, you have Tyler Beatty, you have Tony Jones. These are guys that are competing for the RB3 spot. And uh, interestingly enough, Beatty was the one that was listed on the depth chart behind P. Ryan and Williams. I just want to see from everyone just them doing their respective jobs. The offensive line blocking, the running backs finding the holes, the receivers catching the ball, and Russell Wilson running the offense as its leader. If they can just, again, be clean, efficient, composed, and confident, that would be a victory for me. Definitely. That's what I'm hoping to see on defense. You know, it's going to be pretty straightforward as far as what you'll see Vance Joseph's not digging into the bag of tricks to give any future opponents anything right. and same really for for Peyton you're going to see a lot of basic concepts um so I just want to see smart play I want to see guys out there Zach even in the preseason both sides of the ball I want to see intensity I want to see presence of mind and poise in critical poise in general but especially in the critical moments we see those things, baby. Um, we're on the right track with, with Coach Payton. I want to see a pissed-off team to take it one step yeah. further. This is a Broncos organization that's taken their lumps, and some of it has been deserved from their own play, and some of it hasn't from the endless and deranged Russell Wilson criticism and now the Sean Payton criticism. They have every reason to read and, and look at all the bulletin board material and use that as motivation to come out and show – this isn't last year's Broncos. This isn't Vic Fangio's Broncos. This isn't VJ's Broncos. This is Sean Payton's Broncos, and we are here to stay. Well said. Um, okay, come on back. My thing's freezing. Um, Zeus with another super chat. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Adding thoughts and prayers for our island friends. And uh, yes, thank you very much for that, Stu. Uh, Patrick, who is uh, Hawaiian, of course, live in Hawaii, also says all I, all islands feel this horrible, tragic loss right now. Thank you for the distraction. Um, and then David Bingaman, Red Cross needs money for Maui. They are on the front line. So it is a, you know, it's a humanitarian crisis. It's an American humanitarian crisis. So uh, if all you can do is thoughts and prayers, that's a lot. That's something. Um, but there are means and methods, as David's saying here, that if you are in a position uh, that you can go a step above or beyond that. So uh, thoughts and prayers, guys. Keep your keep a stiff upper lip. Those of you who are in Hawaii trying to help out and and be in there at the, the uh, crisis point, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, Sam Bam saying a third super chat. I don't remember seeing that, Scott. 
we're not seeing when we see two. We'll keep an eye out. Um, this is an interesting point from Lance, who's going to be uh, co-hosting the gut reaction for MHH tomorrow night with Eric. Can't wait for the target volume for Sutton this year. He's going to get a lot of targets, he says, Zach, especially with yeah. Tim Patrick on injured reserve. You know, before training camp, I wasn't sure exactly what Peyton had in mind for Sutton, but it's looking more and more like he is going to kind of check that Michael Thomas box for him. I mean, yeah, there will be some vertical opportunities. That is something that uh, Sutton can definitely uh, still do, I think, quite well. But I think he's going to be used even more so as that possession receiver. I mean, what do they call Michael Thomas, the slant god? You're going to be seeing that, I think, a lot from Sutton this year. But in order for him to maximize that and even get into the same conversation as a Michael Thomas relative to the slant god moniker, he's got to really shore up his hands because that's the one issue. Uh, I've seen a lot of slants fly through his hands over the years since he's been a pro. So if he can shore that up, big, big, big season in store, as he talks about here, target volume-wise for Sutton. Yeah, Lance is right, and we kind of saw a glimpse of that uh, last season. How many times did Russell Wilson just lock on a Sutton in his first read and not come off of him, despite him being covered or not? I kind of figured he was going to get a lot of targets considering he's reverting back to that 2019 status. My question was, what is he going to do with those targets? Because in the recent season, since that injury, he's lost that fight. I feel he's lost that will to snatch the ball. There's been no more 80, 20 receptions. It's, it's definitely 50, 50 in recent memory. I want to see that 80, 20 return. I want to see him go and moss cornerbacks. And if he can do that against PS two and Damari Mathis, who's having a tremendous training camp, I think he's going to be just fine against the rest of the NFL's cornerbacks. Todd brings up a point here I wanted to get your take on here relative to the depth chart just overall, but specifically he's saying Jalil McLaughlin, who, by the way, <clears throat> pardon me, Michael Ronquillo also stoked to see McLaughlin tomorrow night. Uh, but Jalil McLaughlin is currently fourth on the running back depth chart. Yesterday uh, the Broncos unveiled their first unofficial depth chart. And unofficial though it may be, Zach, uh, still living, breathing. It's a it's a work in progress. The utility of it always, when they first come out, regardless of the coaching staff, is it does kind of give you, albeit a uh, temporal, meaning a snapshot for it in its time, uh, idea of how the coaches are viewing some of these position battles. And one of those is at running back. One of the takeaways from the initial depth chart is Tony Jones, who is a uh, Peyton Acolyte from time together in New Orleans was signed immediately after Samaje Pirine. And everyone kind of penciled him is as, as, as the leader in the clubhouse anyway for RB3. Well, Tyler Beatty has already leapfrogged him. He's currently number three on the depth chart. And McLaughlin, an undrafted rookie out of Youngstown State, we've been talking a lot about this summer, uh, is right there. So he's saying, so is it McLaughlin versus Beatty or versus Jones? How do you view that? Well, let's keep in mind one thing. NFL teams force or and the NFL forces teams to issue depth charts in the preseason. And and yep. most coaches don't like doing that. And even Sean Payton said it's going to be written in pencil, meaning very temporary, very fluid. Don't read too much into it. I, I do think there's an open competition. Um, I don't think though that Tony Jones should be ahead of uh, McLaughlin necessarily. He hasn't done much in training camp, whereas McLaughlin has looked like a jitterbug, like an improved or, you know, a better version of Philip Lindsay as a pass catcher, as a runner, everything. 
I don't want Jones to be in the mix and win that job potentially just because he has history with Sean Payton. I want him to go out there and earn it and leave no doubt. And so far, there's plenty of doubt. I think ultimately it'll come down to Beatty versus McLaughlin. And my money, if I had a bet right now, would be on McLaughlin. Uh, Sam Bam's third super chat. For some reason, not showing up on StreamYard, but we've got Mr. Producer checking as a failsafe to anything that might not uh, show up. So thank you, Scott. Thank and you, of man. course, Sam Bam, you are Prince, dude. Thank you. Number three tonight, bro, says, uh, I really think Greg Dulcich, tight end, is going to be a stud. I'm really excited for him. Dulcich, a third-round pick. Jimmy Graham, a third-round pick. Hmm. Like they used to say on Arsenio, or I should say, like Arsenio Hall used to say, things that make you go, hmm, Zach, do you see any parallels between Dulcich and Graham beyond their relative draft pedigree? You know what made me go, hmm, was the fact that Adam Troutman was listed as the tight end one on that aforementioned depth chart ahead yep. of Dulcich. And that just proves how fluid and kind of pointless it is, though uh, Adam Troutman has impressed uh, Sean Payton with his blocking and his time from the Saints together. In terms of comparisons, though, Drake Wally, who was a uh, he, he dropped a super a few weeks ago and he brought up a comparison that I haven't forgotten about Greg Dulcich. He said Dallas Clark. Yeah. And I think that is so appropriate. That is so on the nose. And I said then, and I'll say again, if he can be anything close to Dallas Clark as a player, the Broncos will have a star at tight end for many years to come. He has to clean up his blocking, number one. He's a pure pass catcher, but he will see the field. That's what Sean Payton said. All the tight ends, including Chris Manhurts, um, including Nate Adkins, the undrafted rookie, though maybe not Albert Ochad, who's now fifth string, fifth string on the depth chart. I don't think he's long for Denver, but all the tight ends will see playing time in the respective roles. You'll have this guy to catch passes. You'll have this guy to seal an edge, and everything will work as the sum of their parts. So let's uh, let's take a look a little bit here. Thank you, George. Uh, appreciate the kind words and support, my friend. You know this. MHH for life indeed, my dog. Um, here are a few of – well, here's a quick snapshot, all right? And I'm just going to scroll down here, and some of the uh, noteworthy things, I'll throw them out here, Zach. So uh, one receiver position, you have Judy, Mims, Hinton, Virgil, Washington, Grimes at tackle – uh, Bowles, left tackle, pardon me, then Cam Fleming. Obviously, he's the primary swing guy. Uh, Demontre Jacobs, bringing up the rear left guard. Ben Powers, then Kyle Fuller, then Henry Bird. Center, Lloyd Cushenberry. Alex Forsyth, the seventh-round rookie that like Eric Trickles put as a possible uh, dark horse to unseat third. So Luke Wattenberg, second-team center still. Uh, Miners, Quinn Bailey. Uh, Will Sherman at right guard, and then McGlinchey, who did go down with an injury, Zach, that was feared to be quite serious earlier this week. It is moderately serious. Uh, sprained knee, he will miss a few weeks, but he's going to be okay. Um, Alex Pazlowski, Isaiah Prince, and then tight end. This is the specific to the topic at hand here, Zach. As you uh, mentioned, here's the illustration. Troutman, tight end one. Then Dulcich, then Manhurts, all right? Then Adkins. Then Albert Okuebunam, then Tommy Hudson. So Alberto, look, Sean Payton talked about more than once this offseason how important this camp was going to be for Alberto. It's going to be a big camp. Unfortunately, barring Zach, 
superhuman production in the preseason, which is possible. It would not shock me in any way, shape, or form to see Albert O ball out with some big plays in the preseason on third team. You know what I'm saying? Like in th- bottom of the third quarter, top of the fourth. You know, it wouldn't shock me. But even then, just showing out as a receiver won't be enough because in this offense, Sean Payton needs his tight ends to at least be competent uh, blockers. The tight ends got to be able to block a little bit. It's no coincidence that these top three guys, Troutman can block, Manhurts, that's his specialty, and Dulcich, what he has lacked, Zach, in terms of um, technical polish, he has made up for by a willingness to learn it and a willingness to stick his nose in there. So it's no no coincidence that those three uh, are atop the depth chart for now at tight end. We were asked like three weeks ago, any surprising trade candidates you guys can see uh, after training camp or before the season. And I mentioned Albert O. And I said, he's in a position where if he shows well in the preseason and dominates future real estate agents, then he might have some trade value and the Broncos could flip him for a late round pick. I don't see how you need him. If you have a pure pass catcher and Greg Dulcich, whose ceiling is so much higher than Albert O's, what's the point of keeping two one-dimensional players around? You have blocking tight ends like Manhurts and Troutman. Greg Dulcich, I think, eventually will be the complete package, a la George Kittle. I just don't see a path to the final roster for Albert O. Uh, Colby jumping in to say, my thoughts today were on Sutton. He looks great. Hope he keeps it up and stays healthy all season. Amen, brother. Amen on that for sure. Uh, Taylor with the super chat saying, sounds like Wilson and Sutton are getting something going. Javante is healthy, according to Peyton. Looks like Denver's poised for a great season. Go Denver Broncos. Thank you, Taylor. Great to see you tonight, buddy. Um, and then Sam Bam with number four tonight. Thank you, Sam. Going hard. Thank you, bro. He says, here's my fourth super chat of the night. Go Broncos. Seriously, thank you. We don't take that uh, lightly or for granted. I hope you know that. Uh, Phil saying, I don't know what scares me more, the depth on the O-line or the D-line. We need to pick up some players before the first regular season game. There will be opportunity for that. In the meantime, the Broncos are going to see how things resolve in the preseason games. Don't forget, in the final roster cutdowns at the end of uh, beginning of September, I guess it is, or is it the end of August? Anyway, you're going to have a smorgasbord of options to, to choose from if you're the Denver Broncos. So they know that. They've been around the block. But I feel you. Uh, Phil, in fact, both of us uh, are sharing a brain with you on could use a little bit more depth here. Yeah. You know, it's like um, well, on Tommy Boy, I don't really feel it here or here <laughs> so much. It's here. So I'm not really feeling it here so much, Zach. I'm not really feeling it here so much. Oh, favorite scenes. Here. It's, you know, here. You know, uh, not, not that very good. Uh, not a great illustration because the the uh, cl- the mouse isn't wanting to play ball. But let's just quickly look at defense on the D-line, uh, which Phil is rightly concerned about some of the depth. Zach Allen, of course, DJ Jones, of course, and right now penciled in as a starter is Jonathan Harris. So that has maintained. This was an off-season trope, Zach, a rumor that the Broncos were viewing Harris as a starter. And looky, looky, first unofficial depth chart, he is penciled in as the starter. But let's quickly see if there's anything to be gleaned by the depth. Behind Harris, it's Henningsen, okay, last year's sixth-round pick. Um, I'm always going to butcher his name, Ndbuisi, um, third. 
nose tackle, the backup guy, Zach Tyler Lancaster, followed by undrafted rookie P.J. Mustafer, and then former Charger, Forrest Merrill. Don't sleep on this dude. I think right now he's fourth because he's the Johnny uh, come lately new kid on the block. You put a couple of two, three preseason weeks under this cat's uh, prodigious belt, and I think you find him ultimately right here when the season, uh, when it comes time to like shape the roster and then Elijah Garcia and Jordan Jackson respectively backing up Zach Allen. So Zach, what are your observations of the D line depth chart? Well, number one, we went over the offensive line and talking about depth. And, uh, one of my reactions to the depth chart was get healthy soon, Mike McGlinchey, but then Isaiah Prince, not cam Fleming, uh, took some first string reps with the offense yesterday. He came in and leveled Randy Gregory, sprung a big hole for Javante Williams. So maybe there's something there. Uh, I don't know. But in terms of the D-line, yeah, you, you really – I don't see how you can go into the season with Jonathan Harris as your starter. Same as last year when they went into the season with Deshaun Williams as their starter. He'd be a great backup. He's a great project for VJ, but he really has no business starting. They need and I think will – pick up a player in the coming weeks it won't be though that player Shelby Harris who took a visit to Denver and right. yesterday came out that he's signing with the Cleveland Browns so yep. no Shelby reunion with the Broncos we'll have to turn to plan B whoever that may be and you know what if none of these dogs end up hunting for the Broncos although again I'm telling you keep an eye on this cat uh there are going to be a lot of options when NFL teams have to make their final cuts so um, that's a, this is all TBD, uh, nothing really to write home about relative to the rush linebackers inside linebacker, uh, nothing really writing home about. It's good to see that Justin Sternod is at least maintaining a spot on the second team. Uh, hopefully he can maybe I can't figure out how to thrive that. a little bit in his contract here. Um, Drew Sanders though, right there backing up Singleton. He will be the third linebacker on the, on the field, uh, in 2023, Corner, this is somewhat interesting, all right? Pat Sertan, Damari Mathis, all right? There's your starting duo, and then your nickel, k of course. So there's your trio, but it's Bassey still holding down the backup nickel, all right? Followed by last year, seventh-round pick, uh, Fion Hicks. And then behind Mathis, Riley Moss, who's injured. Hasn't really been able to do all as much as he would have liked to in camp. Number two behind Damari. I think draft pedigree has a lot to do with this particular ranking yeah. currently, followed by the veteran slash kick returner, Tremont Smith, uh, newcomer Fabian Moreau, more of a vet, and then undrafted rookie out of Houston, Art Green. And then behind Pat, it's McMillian, Jaquan holding I'm his boy. own, So and Delonte Hood. So what are your thoughts here at corner? Don't sleep on McMillian. I, I was a huge fan of his coming out of college. I thought he can crack the Broncos' final roster last year. It didn't work out that way, but he has been balling out in uh, training camp. Credit to Christian Parker, the Broncos' secondary coach, another bang-up pupil that he's taken under his wing. He really looks good, and if I had to wager a guess, I'd say McMillian cracks the 53 Someone asked, though, in the comments what happened to Mike Purcell. Players on NFI or PUP are not listed on the depth chart. This is just for the active players going into a game. So when Purcell is healthy, he'll be, I would say, the backup behind DJ Jones at nose tackle. Um, everything else, though, is pretty cut and dry, though, I think, Chad. This is interesting, though. Last thing I want to talk about here. They have Kareem and Caden Stearns sharing a starting spot at strong safety. What do you make of that? I don't like it. 
You guys know how I feel about Kareem Jackson. You guys know how I feel about Caden Stearns. I don't know if it's seniority that's given him that co-starter label or if they're just not confident in Caden Stearns outright taking it yet. But Caden Stearns has to be the full-time guy. He has to be Justin Simmons' number two. So this was Sam Bam's fifth, probably splashed by Scott while I was off screen there. And then here's his sixth because Chad said smorgasbord. That's okay. You didn't spell it right. That's all right. You're the numbers guy. We're the we're the uh, English grammar guy, spelling guy. But thank you. Glad you caught that, bro. Appreciate you big time. Uh, Phil throwing in his Albert O tribute. Fifth. I see. I see. Uh, but yes, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Sam. Um, okay. We're at 55 minutes. So we're going to go through and do our bye-bye stuff. Don't leave yet. Any burning topics, throw it in the chat. But uh, stay with us. I saw you try to do it the other night when my uh, my computer crapped out, Chad, and I, I got you this time. You don't yeah, it's have been a, it's been a minute, and then at the end, I couldn't even remember the, like the 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 spiel to end it, and then Scott reminded me after. I'm like, oh man, it's been a long time since I had to close out a show. Done it so many times, I could do it in my sleep. Thank you guys and gals for tuning in to another excellent edition of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, like you and Chad and I are rocking right now, or any of our Buckham merch, check it out, mhhmerch.com. Be sure you're dropping us a follow at facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. And also, if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at mile underscore high underscore huddle. If you guys haven't yet, please leave your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But most importantly, as you guys and gals know, please do these three things immediately. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll start with Sam Bam since he went aggro. He went aggro. We love it. Thank you, bud. Uh, Troy, David, Michaela the Duchess, Zeus, uh, Robert Otteson, Michael Davis. Oi boy, that's Josh. Taylor on Facebook. The Ronk, Scott, Andrew, Mark. Mark, don't forget, send us your, uh, your selfie, dude, of your New Jersey. Phil, George. Colby, a.k.a. the Triple C. Much love and respect, guys. Can't wait to see how it shakes out tomorrow night. So don't forget, you've got Legends of Mile High on the bright with Thomas Hall. And then the Valley Deep Divers will be doing a little bit of a watch-along. I don't know if they're going to start the show that way but or uh, start the game that way. They might probably uh, maybe halftime or something start a watch-along. We'll see. Stay tuned. But for sure, Gut reaction following Broncos Cardinals. Then Saturday, of course, Orange and Blue View. And then Zach and I will be back Sunday night to really sift through not only the game, but the all the aftermath and implications of what we see tomorrow night. So can't wait to see you then. I just want to take this really quickly from Todd. We were talking about the depth chart. He asked if Tremont Smith is going to get a shot at returning. Interestingly enough, Marvin Mims was listed as the primary kick and punt returner. So that, that could be a competition. Uh, Tremont Smith's not even listed on that depth chart. True. So for what it's worth, I don't know what's going on there, but it looks like the Marvin Mims show on special teams. But thank you all again for tuning in. We'll see you Sunday night for sure to break down everything Broncos Cardinals. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. 
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.